Adam Crowley Show. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Well, I think that's good. I don't think people should be staying in locker rooms, but still, I think it's good. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. Well, you shouldn't be playing. You shouldn't be there. Maybe you shouldn't be in the country. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. Forget for a second that President Donald Trump condoned racist protests in Virginia and called the participants very fine people. Meanwhile, he calls for peaceful protesters in the NFL to get out of the country. Actually, don't. Before we get into what this means for the bloated, rich, white ownership in the NFL, let's talk just for a second about what this means for the country. A country that, by the way, was started by rule breakers for the betterment of humanity. If they had followed the rules, this country and subsequently this constitution wouldn't exist. I've said time and time again that the NFL has a right to punish its employees. Freedom of speech protects you from the government, not from your employer. If I walked into the office today wearing nothing but a leather thong, and said that I was going to protest for equal pay for women, then I probably would be fired on the spot. That would be the right of the company. Free speech does not protect that racist bleep-ass lawyer who was screaming in the face of bakery workers to get out of the country. His employer could say, yo, we don't want that prick working here. I can be fired or reprimanded for anything that violates the terms of my contract or anything that makes iHeartRadio look bad. The NFL has the right to enact policy. The NFL is a business. Tom, play the audio from our dear president of the United States just one more time, please. Well, I think that's good. I don't think people should be staying in locker rooms, but still, I think it's good. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. Well, you shouldn't be playing. You shouldn't be there. Maybe you shouldn't be in the country. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. That is, as I said, the president of this great country, telling players who peacefully protest to get out of the United States of America. The First Amendment does not protect you from your employer, but it sure as bleep is supposed to protect you from the government. Forget football for a minute here, and I promise we'll get back to our regularly scheduled breakdown of OTAs and our inordinate amount of fart jokes and other assorted hijinks in just a bit. The President of the United States advocated for saying, See you later! to people who won't stand for the national anthem. That doesn't sound like patriotism. And if it does, it's forced patriotism. And if it's forced patriotism, it sounds an awful lot like nationalism, which sounds awfully awful. Trump has riled up his base so much that they can't see the forest through the trees. Donald Trump is a draft dodger. That's not patriotic, is it? But Donald Trump wants the black men to stand at attention for the national anthem. And so does his base. That's the true form of patriotism, right? Protesting is an American. Staring unquestionably into the flag without giving it a second thought is, though, apparently. Donald Trump has co-opted the meaning of patriotism and filled the edges, filed the edges of his own narrative in order to fit it into his own agenda. That is far more un-American than kneeling down at the sight of the flag. Our forefathers, much like the kneelers, were rule breakers, renegades, mavericks, trailblazers, standing up for the ideals that were based loosely around the idea that, hey, all men are created equal. Colin Kaepernick and his fellow protesters didn't go about it in the best way. They didn't. 
but they're begging for the recognition that was being fought for in 1776 when those words were written. Cap wants police brutality to end for his people. He wants social injustice to end for his people. And while kneeling down during the anthem conflated the issues, he still had that purpose in his heart. Above all else, our forefathers were fighting against tyranny. It was years later that the Constitution was written, but the system of checks and balances was put into place so that one man couldn't by himself tear down this country. Now, Donald ain't tearing the country down, well, depending on who you ask, but running his mouth and telling peaceful protesters to get out, he may as well be tearing up the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights. So I'll ask you one question. That's it. Just one. Just one little question. Is that patriotism? Or is that moving the goalposts so that the definition of patriotism is now under his ownership? Sorry, that was actually two questions. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of Dozens and follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Here's what Robert Kraft said in an October meeting. Quote, the problem we have is, we have a president who will use that as, Amer- as fodder to do his mission that I don't feel is in the best interest of America. It's divisive, and it's horrible, end quote. I never thought I'd agree with Robert Kraft about anything, but hey, here we are. Donald Trump isn't concerned about patriotism. Donald Trump isn't concerned about American ideals and values. Donald Trump is concerned about getting reelected. Here's where Kraft and I diverge in different directions. Kraft and the rest of the NFL owners are weak, cowards, scared, afraid of the backlash that would come if Trump were to lash out again against the league, whether on social media or otherwise, which did wind up happening today. So they developed a policy that they thought would kowtow to his needs and therefore would keep him at an arm's distance. Despite the fact that Trump's message, according to Kraft, is, quote, divisive and horrible, end quote. That's an owner admitting then that the league isn't serving the best interest of the people, not in his mind, but serving the best interest of the league itself. That's not exactly surprising. Well, at least not to me, because I can think critically. I've read books. However, for the base of followers that Donald Trump is trying to rile up, I guarantee you that they hadn't heard the quote or chose not to think about the context of that comment. So let me help you here. True patriotism would be for Kraft to say, F it, this may be best for the league, or not best for the league, pardon me, but it's not best for the American people, so I ain't taking part. True patriotism would be Donald Trump saying, these players have a right to peacefully protest. Problem is, I don't see patriotism as the motive for any of the actions here. Not the presidents, not the owners. The NFL is worried about its bottom line, and Donald Trump is worried about holding on to the radical base of his followers. So, where exactly, again, is the patriotism? That's the theme. That's the question. Where exactly is the patriotism? Robert Kraft admitted to the anthem controversy as being used as, quote, fodder to do his mission, end quote. That isn't in the best interest of America. But he, nor the 31 other owners, didn't do anything to stop him. Instead of standing up for the kneelers, they knelt down in front of the President of the United States of America. Because why? Because of DOD dollars? Because of the fear of losing another viewer? To look like they're star-spangled awesome and only care about Lady Liberty and the Bald Eagle and Purple Mountain's majesty? All for the red, white, and blue. But it's a facade. The only colors they care about are red and black. Red, because they don't want to see the NFL in a deficit. Black, not because of the players kneeling at the anthem, but because they want to see the league's profits operating in the black. Now, you'd probably consider me a social justice warrior. 
Randy Slack calls me Crowley the SJW. But I only say what I mean, and I mean what I say. Some, though, do this for show so that they get credit. So that people see them on the Internet, say, okay, you are a social justice warrior, and then from that point forward, you think that you've got similar ideals to them. But those who do it all for show have a lot in common with the league because that's what the league is doing. It's all for show so that the president doesn't lambaste them again. All for show so that they don't lose another viewer. Their patriotism is a mask. It's a lie for business because for NFL owners like Bob Kraft, business clearly matters more than the American people. 4129222874. Trump is a draft dodger, not patriotic. But patriotism is the mask he hides behind in order to enact racist and xenophobic policies. So where, oh where, are the real patriots? I'm still looking for them. Besides Foxborough playing in Gillette Stadium. They're on the field kneeling down. You're all looking at the wrong places for patriotism. It ain't the white owners. It ain't the white president. Those kneelers don't have agendas other than to bring attention to social injustice and police brutality. Patriotism is vigorous support for one's country. Patriotism is trying to make the country better. Donald ain't doing that. He's trying to get elected. Owners ain't doing that. They're trying to make money. Players are doing that. So if you're looking left and right for patriotism, if you're looking up and down for patriotism, if you're looking across this great land, past those Purple Mountains majesty for patriotism, don't look further than the players who are right at your feet kneeling down. Those are the patriots. Those are the renegades. Those are the trailblazers. Those are the people with something to lose. That's patriotism. Not what the guy with the hairpiece is saying. Although I think that probably covers 25 of the owners, too. 412-922-2874. Eric Edholm of Pro Football Weekly talked to a bunch of players yesterday after the new policy dropped, and he's got some thoughts there. A couple Steelers spoke today, and one of them, who I don't remember who it was, talked about how difficult it is for players because they're placed in a box. Players who want to kneel can't kneel now, but players who want to send a message are going to have to run out in front of 65,000 screaming, drunk, white individuals who ain't going to like the fact that they were inside the tunnel or inside the locker room while everyone else was standing at attention. The players got the raw deal here, man. And the NFLPA didn't get consulted. Wonder why? For a number of reasons. We'll get into that coming up at about 440. All this talk about patriotism from the owners, it just all falls on my deaf ears, man. None of that matters. It's all about business. Everything that they've done in their lives is about business, and yet some are thick-skulled enough to think that this is because of patriotism. It's not. Maybe it's about not just the bottom line either. I've said this before. A lot of people have. There's a nice little bit of veiled racism going on, too. If I knelt down, I wonder what would be said. What if Alejandro Villanueva knelt down? What if he held those thoughts? What if Alejandro Villanueva was the guy on his knees saying, we need to stop social injustice? Where would the outrage be? 
Would there be outrage? Well, no, because he's a veteran and he's allowed to kneel. But here's the thing, pal. The veteran has just as much right to do what he wants to do as the dude with the fro pick does. Ain't that interesting? Like I said when I quoted the Declaration of Independence, all men are created equal. Well, not on the football field. Apparently. Coming up next, Eric Edholm of Pro Football Weekly. It's going to be good. I promise. It's coming from a patriot. It's a Crowley show. Hi, Tom Bodette, coming to you from one of those open offices. They're designed to make it easier to share ideas and, apparently, the details of Cody the intern's love life. So if you're looking for some space to call your own, try Motel 6. They have the low prices you've come to expect, plus the peace and quiet you so desperately crave. I'm Tom Bodette from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. And Cody, you can do better. Book online at motel6.com. You alright? I can't breathe. <laughs> thought your thought your head was gonna pop. Me too. <laughs> it's gonna come out my cyst. The race cyst. What a weird freaking time. The Ed tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. The only thing I didn't understand from monologue was do ninety percent of the NFL owners wear a hairpiece? Or 90% of the NFL owners feigning patriotism. Yes. Daryl tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. All this rule did was open up the can of worms that almost closed. I don't watch football for political views or watch SportsCenter for political updates. Keep sports with sports and politics with politics. The world's going to end anyway. Caps made it to the finals. At least you had a joke in there. Because the rest, I just don't have the energy to deal with. Although maybe Eric does. Eric Edholm joins us from Pro Football Weekly. Eric, hello. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I hope you didn't bring me on for any kind of real solutions to problems or answers or anything like that. I, I, I just can't uh, provide anything of value these days. All right. Thanks so much for coming on, Eric. Appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> All right. Good to hear your voice. <laughs> In the first sentence of the piece that you wrote yesterday, outlined, I think, my very beliefs on the subject. It went, quote, by the end of the 2017 season, there was very little attention paid to which players were standing and which players were kneeling during the National Anthems played in NFL stadiums. The story, for all intents and purposes, was starting to wither out after it had ignited the country in debate for more than a year. End quote. Why act at all, NFL, Eric? I think you raised a very good point, and that's part of what I wrote yesterday, which is you know, a question that you know still kind of plays, you know, still kind of tickles my imagination 24 hours later. And, and, you know, obviously we've known for weeks the owners had kind of made this a priority. This was going to be something that was going to be brought up and um, kind of a, a big portion of what they discussed down in Atlanta for the owners' meetings. I, I just I can't quite figure out what the NFL was thinking, sort of bringing this story back up to light in the way that they did. Again, I, I say this fully respecting both sides of the debate that, that was sparked by, by Kaepernick in 2016. Respecting both sides, you can't ignore the fact that the NFL brought this story back to life in an effort to try to bury it, I guess. I, you know, I understand that their sort of uh, paid propaganda that comes with, you know, the uh, Department of Defense, the money they get for, for staging these sort of, you know, pro-military, uh, you know, anthem displays, whatever you say. 
they're constituent. They're trying to get money from them. I get that, right? Um, but this thing has had pretty much gone away. We weren't talking about it by the playoffs. Only a handful of players were kneeling by the end of the season. I don't think anything would have happened this year had they not done anything. So, again, that would have been a gamble, and you want to make all your, your people who are paying your money happy. But I just I just don't understand what the motivation was exactly. Yeah, I completely agree, Eric. And we did three hours yesterday where – yeah, The topic of conversation was not about whether or not we agreed with Colin Kaepernick or whether we agreed with Donald Trump or agreed right. with the owners. It was just, why did the NFL do this? Here's my solution, which I don't get paid to do, and it probably wouldn't work anyhow, but here's my thought. It would be to just not show the anthem on TV. Just let it blow over that way. I think out of sight, out of mind really does work in this instance. Yeah, I mean, that's, that was, I think, one of the options that was discussed, but it sounds like it was pretty quickly, you know, tossed aside. And, and, you know, I think the NFL is sitting there thinking, you know, we want to come up with this, this plan that, that has sort of a firm stance on what you can do on the field, but we want to make it seem like a concession too and, and kind of butter both sides of the bread and, you know, sort of make it seem like we're reaching out a little bit of an olive branch to the players. And, and really it ended up just angering them and irritating them, at least a couple of handful I talked to yesterday uh, off the record about it, just sort of saying, look, I understand the NBA has a rule on this thing, and you have to stand, and that's the way it's been. It's been grandfathered in and all that. Um, but it doesn't feel like they've made anybody happy, not even Donald Trump. But, again, this isn't a political <laughs> statement, but he's kind of got the NFL in the palm of his hands now. He can say whatever he wants and kind of controls them, it appears. Oh, no doubt about it. Eric at home, Pro Football Weekly, joining us here on the Crowley Show, to get into some of the stuff you talked about with the players yesterday, they've got to be perturbed by some of the vagueness in terms of punishments and what is punishable, right? I think so. And, and, and you know, there was a, you know, I mean, it was a great photo from last year of Martha Firestone Ford, who's just, uh, the owner of the Detroit Lions. And, you know, she's a woman in her late 80s, and there she is on the sideline with the players, with the coaches, with the other staff, arms length, in a, in a show of, of, you know, togetherness, whatever you want to call it. Apparently, there are some indications that that might be deemed sort of a political statement or, or some kind of offensive gesture, and, and I just don't get that. Let's say pre-Kaepernick, you know, 2015 or whatever, if you saw players doing that as a sign of unity and you saw an owner down there, whoever, you know, you would assume that was a sign of respect, but apparently now there's enough gray area in this, in this poorly worded, vague rule, policy, whatever it is, that that could be taken as a form of protest. And I just, I guess I don't understand it at this point. And I don't think the players do either. And you had guys yesterday telling me, look, we're already thinking of ways to sort of circumvent this thing and get our message out. So they've only raised the platform in a lot of ways and, and not diminished it. Well, that's so right, isn't it? We talked about that at the end of the show, too, yesterday, that the National Football League could have seen all this blow away, and now it's basically, hey, here's a challenge. Let's see if you can accept it. Uh, Let's see if you can come up with different ways to protest. And I know that they want players to stay in the locker room. My thought is players running out of the tunnel at the end of the anthem, they're going to get crushed the same way that players who are kneeling down, and maybe even more so when TV cuts out, it's time for the kickoff, and here comes Artie Burns having to hustle to put his helmet on because he's not on the field in time. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, I was there for the Steelers-Bears game and was it week two or three or whatever it was, and then 
you know, obviously that was a bizarre scene at the time. We hadn't really seen anything like that. And, you know, what's the reaction to one guy coming out of the tunnel, six guys coming out of the tunnel, the ones who stay behind, 53 guys coming out of the tunnel, uh, you know, home or road, are they going to be booed? Is it going to change depending on the city you're in? You know, the, the, the more liberal areas of the country may, you know, be more accepting of it. The more conservative ones may, you know, think that's a, a you know, something anti-patriot that they're doing. I don't know. It, it's a, it's a strange thing. And I think that was the element that a lot of play, you know, the couple guys that I talked to yesterday sort of pointed out was, you know, they're trying to divide us here and trying to kind of single out the guys and, and make them targets. You made a great point. If, if a guy is running out of the tunnel, one, two, it doesn't matter how many, that becomes the attention. And I don't know. I just, I feel like with, with, with all the, the lip service that the owners talked about, we want to get back to football and the focus on the game and respect and all this. But guess what we're going to be talking about in week one? Oh, I know yeah. there's some great storylines, but that's right up there, you know? Why didn't the owners in the league consult the NFLPA? Were they obligated to in the CBA? Obviously not, I guess. Yeah, apparently that – I don't think that the NFLPA is going to be able to find anything that suggests that this is going to be falling under the, the CBA umbrella because it, it goes to their – what do you call it? Their operations manual. I think it's called the NFL operations manual, which is sort of the guidelines for – you know the daily practice. Those are not those are not um, collectively bargained. So those are things that the NFL just comes up with, kind of you know rules and policies and guidelines that are that have in their minds nothing to do with the union. I'm sure the PA will go line by line over this thing and find loopholes to try to find ways to fight this. And maybe they do. Again, I'm not a I'm not a lawyer, so it's hard for me to say. And I haven't talked to anybody today who you know is, is very familiar with those policies and can say for sure, okay, they violated it here. But the union's going to try. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do anything like that. Is it another form of the owners or the league or however you want to paint them maybe trying to bully the NFLPA, you know, two years before the, the CBA is going to run out, two and a half years? Perhaps another sign of kind of muscle flexing. We can, we can kind of set these co- po- policies and guidelines and, and, and you're the, the weaker half of the equation. Oh, yeah. The NFLPA, they have got a bitch of a negotiation process on their hand coming yeah. up in a couple of years. Um, the drug issues are on the table. Now this, it is going to be uh, very difficult. Uh, and I, you got to know that players aren't thrilled with the sixth point, the one, two, three, yeah, the sixth point that gives Roger Goodell, uh, ability to punish players as he sees fit, that's the one that angered me the most, and I'm not even going out there and playing on Sundays. Yeah, and you're right. It, it was It's another kind of vague thing. It's going right. to come down on his desk, and you already have one team in the New York Jets, at least one, possibly the you know the Raiders or the, or the 49ers, two other teams that seem to abstain from uh, – from the process of voting on this thing, you know, you have Christopher Johnson, the CEO of the Jets, saying, I'll pay the fines. The fines go through the team anyway, right. so okay, that's fine. But it's already undercutting this policy that was less than an hour old when he said that. You know, so it just, there, there's so many levels of scrutiny on this thing. It just feels like a, a first of all, a horrible PR thing. <laughs> and, then, and then how are you going to enact this? And how are you going to find it? And what level of consistency will it be? I just, oh, my gosh, what a mess. And the mess gets even messier whenever there are reports out today that there was no official vote. I mean, you kind of got into yeah. it there. So it wasn't unanimous as it seemed to be when it all went down. That just adds another layer of, hello, what the heck's going on here? 
Yeah, and, and, you know, by definition, if you have 32 people voting and one abstains, it's not unanimous. Even if it was 31-0-1, right. you know what I mean? I mean, that's by definition. So, yeah, I mean, Goodell seemed to kind of paint it in a way that it was not accurate, you know, and, and that's another. Obviously, you wanted to make it seem like it was everybody was in agreement with this, but it doesn't sound like that was the case. Eric Edholm, Pro Football Weekly, joining us here on the Crowley Show. If you want to get into this, you can. If you don't, then I understand. It's something that we've pondered a bunch uh, on the show and on Twitter and in all our different platforms. But in terms of the issues that the NFL's facing, kneeling, uh, losing viewers, uh, CTE, where do you rank this amongst those? And what do you think is bleeding the well dry in terms of viewers the most? Yeah, and, you know, the the ratings and all that, they can be viewed a lot of different ways. I've talked to, you know, media experts, people who kind of study this stuff a lot closer than I do, and they say, boy, you know, most people, whether it's another sports league or, uh, you know, the big networks and everything like that with their, you know, syndicated TV and everything, they would love to have the NFL's problems, right? They're still crushing in the ratings compared to everybody else. Have they lost TV viewers? Yes. We also consume media in different ways. So I always make sure to mention that because, you know, while quote-unquote ratings are down, they're down across the board. People just are, are doing it. They're watching TV and consuming the stuff the same way as these days. So I, I don't know. I, I don't – I like to see what the passage of time does. It, will two months before football starts have any effect on this? Will things cool down by then? Will there be less or more talk about it? I just don't know. So – We've, I just know that as of August, we will have, this will have been an issue for two years, one that almost died out a couple of times, and yet it's had legs because of the, the players doing for continuing the conversation, because of the owners doing for kind of botching this whole thing. It, it could end up being a big deal. It might, you know, most people, though, when you ask them and get down to bare bones, they love their football. That's... <laughs> You know, I hate to be so simplistic about it, but that really is the bottom line. Well, and maybe simplicity is what the NFL should have been shooting for. Just right. like, allow your product to speak for itself, and eventually it all yep. comes out. Because I feel exactly the same way as you. There are so many different reasons why ratings are down, but yet the NFL is still dominating in terms of percentage the way that they had been dominating before. So maybe it's not even that big of an issue. Uh, really appreciate the time, Eric. Uh, as always, man, thank you so much, and hopefully we get a chance to talk again here soon. All right, sounds good, man. Good hearing your voice. Be good. There he goes, Eric Edholm, Pro Football Weekly. We usually have him on once or twice a year, maybe a couple times in training camp. Uh, I think we're probably going to leave him alone for a while because, my God, this sucks. It sucks. OTAs opened up. I mean, I'd rather talk about interesting things than OTAs, but OTAs opened up. Is Ben going to stab Rudolph in the back in the shower? Are we going to have ourselves a Shawshank Redemption incident? Is that going to happen? Where's Le'Veon Bell? Is Antonio Brown going to fly down to Miami and beat his ass? Artie Burns is talking about this, and Artie Burns wants to be learning how to not get burned deep. Who's going to play safety for the Steelers? They've got 50 of them. None of them can cover deep. These are the issues I'd rather... Actually, no. No, we'll live it. We'll live here. I think we'll be okay. Coming up next. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, here Trump's comments again, and my interpretation is the only right one. It's the Crowley Show. Attention, citizens. Just when you thought your fried chicken values were safe, Taco Bell's Naked Chicken Chalupa is back with a vengeance. This time it's joined by a new, spicy, wilder version, a.k.a. the Hot Daddy-O. 
a.k.a. the Flaming Phoenix, a.k.a. Saucy Shelly. So if Taco Bell offers you a hit of the new wild naked chicken chalupa, a.k.a. the spicy chicken choop choop, say there's nothing boss about spicy sauce. Brought to you by the Council for Eating Fried Chicken the same way you always have and not Taco Bell. For a limited time at participating locations. Yeah, that's what we should do. Absolutely. Have them on yeah. after they lose. Yeah. Just call all the Washington media. <laughs> hey, you guys want to come on? Oh, my God. If they lose, we should just call every radio station that they have. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And just, just rip into them. Dude, let's do it. That'd be fun. Yeah. Hmm. Call the White House, too. Let's go around the room here. Brian LaMartina across from me. Shirtless Tom, who's for whatever reason wearing a wig behind the glass to my right. Real simple here, boys. Got an email that in the subject line just says, knock, knock. <laughs> creepy or not? Oh, no. Yeah, that's creepy. I feel like there's some sort of ring situation that's about to happen. I mean, it's sucked into the computer. Yeah, if you like, if you say who's there, all of a sudden you're going to be like tracked yeah. down by a deadly killer. Yeah, you don't want to respond to that one. How's it? Uh, how's it end? Does it? Does it? Is there any resolution to this joke? Is it just says knock knock in the subject line, and that's it. That's it. You open the email, and there's nothing in the the content. Crowley, it's, it's just it's just like fuzz, like snow on your television screen. Crowley, you got to answer who's there. I'm you on. got to, right? I mean, you got to push that red button. Who? There. Okay. Who is this from? Etsy. <sighs> oh, it's for door decor. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Really? Tweet me at underscore Adam really? Crowley. Really? Yeah, there's floral <laughs> floral pictures on doors. I think I'm safe. We're good. Is that what you meant by punchline? Oh. Come at me, Etsy. I ain't scared. I'm packing. We have... Why do you get emails from Etsy? I got a wife. It's your email. It's not hers. She doesn't work here. It's Gmail. That's still yours. It's not an excuse. Why do you get Etsy emails? I want answers right now. I got one of those monogram fuzzy zip-up fleece shirts for her. Oh, no. For her? Of course it was for her. Uh, yeah, wait a Of course it was for her. I mean, mine matches. Well, that I believe because it probably didn't have a WVU logo on there. So uh, that's believable. But when he bought hers, it came with one that had a monogram WVU logo. Am I supposed it. to not wear a free Etsy fleece zip up? No, you're not. <laughs> Etsy, are you kidding me? What did I do? I'm a thoughtful husband. Hey, what's your Pinterest handle? <laughs> At underscore Adam Crowley. I'm not even kidding. Oh, no. How do you think we did our kitchen? Oh, no. Think I knew what subway tile was before Pinterest? It'll open you up, man. It'll change your life. I'm learning way too much about you right now. I'm a pinning master. Pin it. I barely knew it. 
Art Rooney the second spoke today to Ed Bouchette and a couple of other media members. I don't know who the other media members are, so my apologies to them if I like them. I'm sure I do. Ed's Twitter account's open, so I'm going to read from Ed's Twitter account. It's been something I've done over the last couple of days. A lot of reading on the air. He says, quote, Art Rooney II does, I don't think there's a way to satisfy everyone, end quote. Well, you should think about selling Snickers, okay? Because they found a way. He then goes on to say, we're in a time in this country where there's a division atmosphere that makes it tough to strike a balance on anthem policy. That's what we're trying to do here, end quote. He continues to say on what it means to stand at attention for the NFL personnel during the anthem. He says, quote, to me, standing at attention is not hard to figure out. He also said he had no problem with linking arms. Quote, I don't think that's a sign of disrespect, end quote. He continued that at no point was a formal vote taken by the NFL voters on the new anthem policy, but that everyone had a chance to express his opinion. Okay, let's break this down a little bit here. If the NFL did not vote unanimously, the owners, and the NFLPA didn't have a say, what the hell, man? That's pretty flimsy to me. The reporting that came out yesterday suggested that it was all unanimous. Roger Goodell made it seem like it was all unanimous. Now, there very well might have been a majority, but I feel bad. Talking nonsense on the owners now in the first segment. Whenever it turns out that maybe five or six of them did the right thing here. And by the right thing, I'm not trying to get into whether kneeling is the right thing or standing is the right thing. But the right thing being common sense. The common sense was let it blow over. Now I realize you stick all the owners up in a room And you say, hey, what are the issues facing the league? This one's going to take off because of the discourse, because of the rhetoric, because of the divisive nature of the subject. But, yo, let's fix CTE. And they try to do that with kickoffs. But let's get into it a little bit more. Let's talk about that. Ryan Shazier, not really walking all that well. That strikes me as a big issue. Let's get to this one, though. And Art Rooney II says, everyone was hurt out. Everyone was hurt out. Were the people voting no? Were there people who wanted to vote no? Hmm. There were not people who voted no, lest I could tell. But I'd imagine that some did want to say no, and saying no would have been patriotic, but they didn't do that. Art Rooney II went on to say that the NFL tried to strike a balance between the players' right and the majority of the fans who don't come to see a political protest. This is where I have a lot of issue. And I like Art Rooney II. I do. He's a good man. It's a good family. They are royalty in the National Football League. I disagree with that sentiment greatly, though. And he's not the only one who has that. There are a lot of fans who say, I don't go to the game to watch a political show. Sure you don't. That's why it's a protest. If it's the 60s, 70s, what have you, and you're going to get a nice cup of coffee at your local diner, it probably pissed you off that there were people there who were sitting there. That's why it's a sit-in. That's why it's a protest. That's why it pissed people off. Because they went there to get their java, and instead they've got Javier sitting in the seat next to them. 
That's the problem. That's the issue. It is a protest. If everyone agreed with the manner in which it went down, then it's not a protest. It's just everyone getting along, which is what we would strive to do. But, hey, that's not happening in the world. So some people are trying to enact change by making people uncomfortable. Change comes when people are uncomfortable. Why do you think the NFL is trying so friggin' desperately to put all the toothpaste back in the tube? I'll tell you why. It's because they're damn uncomfortable because they think they're bleeding viewers. They're changing policy because they became uncomfortable. And African-Americans in this country, and more specifically, the Colin Kaepernick's of the world, were uncomfortable with the way things were going for them and their demographic, and they chose to do something that was going to make the vast majority of the NFL population uncomfortable. Whether it's the ownership or the fans, most of them are white. That's just the truth. I asked the question again, and maybe we can springboard into a whole other conversation with this. And I want your thoughts at 412-922-2874. If Alejandro Villanueva knelt down during the national anthem, what policy, if any, has been enacted by the NFL? You tell me, 412-922-2874. Art Rooney II also went on to say, and thank you to Ed Bouchette, the official, unofficial co-host of the Crowley Show today, quote, I don't expect it to be an issue with this team. We didn't have an issue last year. We never had a player kneel last year. I really like Art Rooney II. I do. I feel like I need to say that. Very good man, very good family. The Steelers had the biggest issue out of any of the teams that didn't have Colin Kaepernick on the team. They had a huge issue. They've got a veteran who served three tours. That's what created the problem. The problem was players on the team wanted to demonstrate after Donald Trump had derogatory things to say about all NFL players. And because of Alejandro Villanueva, and for only that reason, they did not go on the field. That's the only reason for Alejandro Villanueva. If that weren't the case, I have an authority, having talked to players in there, that they would have gone out and some of them would have kneeled down. Without a doubt. So it was going to happen. It was an issue last year. And even though it didn't happen, it still became a problem. A big problem. One that Ben Roethlisberger said he lost sleep about. One that Alejandro Villanueva, for whatever freaking reason, felt like he needed to apologize for. Man, here's the funny thing about all this. Al fought three tours, but that doesn't give him more rights than you or me or anybody else. It doesn't. Al's just a United States citizen like you and me. And thank God for his service. Good for him. It's a brave thing to do. I would never do it. If there was a draft, I'd find myself up in Canada. They've got poutine in hockey, in the bat, in all nude strip clubs that serve alcohol. I'd be up there in a heartbeat. What was I talking about? It's brave of him. But his opinion weighs just as much as mine. It weighs just as much as Colin Kaepernick's, more importantly. And yeah, the NFL's trying to come up with a compromise here. They did a really bad job. 
a really bad job. Let's hear from Donald Trump one more time. Who spoke? Well, I think that's. Today. Well, I think that's good. I don't think people should be staying in locker rooms, but still, I think it's good. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. Well, you shouldn't be playing. You shouldn't be there. Maybe you shouldn't be in the country. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. He went on to say that he was in agreement with the NFL owners did, but he hadn't been fully taken up to speed with the full context of the NFL policy. He was acting as though he agreed at the end there. Meanwhile, his description of players staying in the locker room would completely contradict that. The NFL did everything they could to bend over backwards for the bottom line and to bend over backwards so that Donald Trump and his minions would not come after them. And all it did was wind up with Donald Trump disagreeing with them. Yikes. Whoopsies. So now what happened? What happens? Donald's going to be pissed. Week one, the NFL Don screwed up, and we're going to find out that, even if we know it now, when a handful of players from whatever team comes out late for the National Anthem, and then Donnie's going to be sending off his tweets. And so what's the NFL going to have to do then? Same thing? Meeting? Unanimous? Not unanimous? The NFL PA going to be involved? What the hell's the issue, man? They're going to keep doing it because they <laughs> they so royally screwed it up this time. They should have tried to let it blow over over this summer and into next season. And if it kept happening, then if they really felt it was necessary, then try to attack the policy. But now they're going to have to change the policy again whenever players are going to be looked at as protesters, even though they're not protesting by staying in the locker room. When they come out of the locker room, Donald Trump's going to flip them out. They're going to lose the bite. Coming up next, how the NFLPA needs to fight this. Spoiler alert, hard. And why does this stuff not happen in the NBA? I know why. Oh, never mind, that's at 520. Coming up next, it's Tim Benz. Double T's. It's the Crowley Show. It's an exhibitor Trump expression of happiness. Just say it. What? Yeehaw. Okay, good. Thank you. So, That's you'd be so, so surprised because we get all these cars that are traded in, like a 2015 BMW M3, a 2016 Infiniti, a 2015 Mercedes-Benz, an Acura, a Mercedes, another Audi, another Mercedes, a Subaru, a, a BMW X drive, an Audi, you name it, we almost have it all. I said almost, and that's only from the Ford King, Schultz Ford in Wexford, Schultz Ford in Harmerville, Schultz Lincoln in Wexford, and Schultz certified in Wexford. Guess 